Wonderful. All right, friends. So we're going to do a little bit of an informal class um, on great sniping. And um, specifically, let's look at some of the blue chips because I think the blue chips operate differently in that when you are doing a new project, right? When you are buying into a new project that's just doing a reveal, the, the core strategy that's great to go with is top 1% and top 5%, right? So if it's a high project like Psychedelic Anonymous and it's just revealing, that's kind of what you want to snipe and you want to sell that very quickly, right? You want to sell that like almost immediately, you know, keep pricing it down, keep pricing it down until it sells because most of the people buying in that volume of the reveal are other people thinking they got it at a steel price and trying to get it to a collector, right? Because here's the reality with most collections, the rare ones are not that desirable, right? There are very few killer whales in most of these mid-tier collections until they get to a high enough level where they've got kind of proper whale support. Um, so that's how, how I would approach, that's how, I'd, how would I approach kind of like reveal collections. And what tends to happen though with those is the gas fights become a big deal. Like I used to do that a lot. That's why I originally bought um, my fresh drops, but that's become much, much, much more competitive, right? Because it's this kind of ironic problem, right? The collections like the Saudis and stuff where it really matters, everyone's there, like all the big guns. And on the collections where like rarity very much doesn't matter, i.e. there's not that many kind of interested parties, then the big guns, you know, aren't there. And so like you really don't want to be paying a premium. Of course, we also see things like Kataro and Renga where they're popping up afterwards. And so it's definitely worth, like if you have a lot of conviction in the collection kind of popping off, um, definitely go and buy some of the rare ones because then as your whales come in, they're going to want to flex. So that's kind of the normal, usual rarity thing. What I want to show you all is um, how, I, how blue chips differ in that. In other words, with blue chips, the utility becomes um, the utility becomes the profile picture, right? It becomes a flex, right? Once you have collectors involved, then it's a whole different story. And so let's go and have a look at mutant apes. Okay, so firstly, a couple of facts. Number one, there are only 25% M2s. Of that 25% of M2s, there are 13 of them that are one of one legendaries, right? Those are the ones that sold for a thousand ETH recently and before that 1500 ETH, okay? Secondly, it's quite a weird situation, but you know, these are the M1s, right? Look at the art style, okay? And if you go to M2 yellow, for example, it's an unusual situation where you almost have two collections art style wise. I mean, these are dramatically different, right? I mean, anyone can see that. You know, there are some M1s that are, you know, somewhat similar, but I mean, you know, can you see? I mean, these are dramatically different, right? From an artistic point of view. And although I think they did that on purpose from a rarity point of view, it does, it does mean that we're like when people are buying something based on a preference, there are a lot of people, me included, that, you know, saved up. Like when I built my first mutants, I saved up for an M2 because at the time I couldn't afford an ape. And if I was like going to use 
this is my PFP, I really didn't want to make a spiel about flexing that I just got an M1, if that makes sense. So uh, definitely take that into account. Um, okay, now where it becomes difficult with um, the blue chips is, yes, traits, specific traits matter, right? Meaning, um, you know, let's go do an example. So for example, there, there is a flaw on something like horns, okay? There is a flaw on merch, right? This is what we mean by merch, right? You see it's wearing a bi you know, a basy hat. There is a flaw on something like laser eyes, you know, gem grill, you know, um, board ape shirt, right? These do have flaws, but when it comes to mutant apes, more than anything, um, it matters about the overall look, right? Because ultimately, again, fame with board ape yacht club, you know, people, let's go back to the board ape yacht club where so much of this was established. People are looking at it from a utility point of view, right? So in words, if I were to show you this one over here, one, two, six, eight, okay? You can see why if you already are spending 100K on something, and now that's gonna be your PFP, why, you know, mass appeal is not there, right? I mean, you know, feel free to speak up. I mean, can we, can we, can we accept that this looks like, you know, this is a funny joke for five minutes, but probably not how you want to identify yourself on Twitter, unless you're very spicy or saying, I, I don't know, right? Does, does it make sense? Anyone? Rapjack, Parker, anyone? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't use it. Right, right. And, um, and so, you, you know, it's like one has to learn kind of, you know, for example, this one is a pretty good one on the floor. Okay, right? You can see that, see that this kind of could have mass appeal. You know? Not super exciting, but it's, yeah, pretty cool. So knowing, you know, whereas this, if you're wondering why this is on the floor, closed eyes, right? You know, this is supposed to represent you and eyes are the window into the soul, right? Fat cats, eyes were, were what got a lot of people interested over here. And so, you know, having eyes open is a big deal. This is another one that people avoid like the plague, right? Because again, it's funny for five minutes. Now this actually has two things going wrong. This one should be right on the floor. I mean, the, the vagina face is, is not particularly well-liked. And then you've got the crazy eyes, right? So, you know, knowing these things and why this is important because it starts to get a little bit more subjective when you start to get into some of like the traits people really want, right? Like a tweed suit. How do you value this, right? Tweed suit is a premium trait if you're just buying based on traits, right? And yet, the cross-dresser or this one, right? You know, the, the death bot is a premium trait and yet excise or not, right? So all in all, yes, these all have a value. The point though is that when you are buying for flipping purposes, you're aiming for things that price history and, the, and, and conversations with people have shown to be the most desirable to the most number of people, right? Because basic economics, supply and demand, right? Especially in collections that are expensive and volume is 
not that high, you want, um, you know, you want to kind of like this one, right? Can we all agree that this is, you know, milk toast, right? Most people would be thrilled if they buy into Board Ape Yacht Club to have that as their PFP, right? Clean background, board eyes, board mouth, solid tux t-shirt, right? It's, it's going to have mass appeal. And so that is kind of like, you know, what you need to know. And so the same goes for mutants. Mutants, though, because they are fugly to start with, right? Um, they, you know, there's a lot more leeway, right? Like if people are buying into M1s, can you see that there's not that much distinguishing about these, right? Like, yes, this one is probably the best, 5665. You know, if you want to kind of have one that's memorable and clean, or even the one next to 109, it's like scandalous, right? But when you start to get into M2s, scroll down and see some M2s. People want one that kind of represents them, right? You see this one, this one keeps coming back up every... <laughs> but he's solid, he's solid, right? He's solid, right? You can, you, know, you can see that that would appeal to many people, right? It's clearly not just a floor generic one. So that's where it becomes subjective, that's where it becomes a bit harder. And the same is true for Artifact, by the way. If we go and look at Clone X, that's another good one to look at. Now, Clone X, some of them do have traits. So, for example, I'll show you a trait that is considered. Yeah. This is a beloved trait, for example. Okay. And you can probably see why, because it's immediately distinctive, right? It's a nice color that tones into the collection. Again, a lot of people don't like the Clone X art, but if you do, it actually anchors a lot of the other traits, right? It, it, it's a nice kind of green that, you, you know, if you, if you kind of flex in this one, you can see why, you know, whereas when you compare it to the floor, you know, it just, they just all blend in. So, now, obviously, you know, the technical bros and gals, I mean, it, this kind of subjective thing does mean you need to know a bit about art and you also have to be following like this one, right? And we all agree that, that that's the kind of clonex that a lot of people would be happy to have, right? Anyone still there? Hello? Parker? Oh yeah, it looks good. That's social grails. Right, right, exactly. In other words, so when you are buying close to the floor or something, you're going to try and pick up one. You're going to try and haggle this person to get you to a to floor price because you know that then if you can get it at kind of floor price and you listed it in this first squad over here, someone's likely going to pay a little bit extra, right? That may be your margin of 0.3 ETH, you know. So you contact them and go, hey, you know, I'll give you OTC right now. Uh, where's the floor at? You say to them, I'll give you OTC right now, 8 ETH, and then you list it at 9. And that pushes it all the way back down to here, right, at 9. And it's likely going to sell, right? So that's the kind of, that's what you're trying to accomplish. So 
In summary over here, when it comes to general collection reveals for hyped projects, you're quickly trying to use your sniping tools to get top 1%, top 5% um, at a fair price, whatever the hell that means, in order to flip it in the next few hours to whales buying in. But when you are looking at established collections that have a collector's call, you need to go and find what combos, you can cultivate two things. What kind of combos really are desirable, right? Usually that means like a base trait and doesn't have something screwing it up, right? So in Board Apes Yacht Club's case, you know the lists of traits that are desirable, but then you don't go and pay too much for one which also has crazy eyes. And then the second thing you're going to be looking for is um, how to um, getting understanding kind of art, like overall what looks nice, right? Like you know, you can see that, yeah, look at these three at the bottom, right? You can see that 4751, or better yet, 17386 can have mass appeal, right? Whereas 19156 is probably not going to appeal to as many people, right? Because again, the utility is a profile pick. And so if you're asking yourself, what do people like, okay, I, I wouldn't flex that as a PF. Right? Whereas I would be quite happy to flex this as a PFP. Right? So, you know, again, you don't have to love it, but you have to understand what people love about the collection. Right? That's what you're trying to do. So that is in a nutshell kind of, you know, and before I go you know, any further, like, for example, in some trades to me, like th this to me, right, art, like th there's a fail over here. Can you see that? that hair doesn't, you know, it doesn't look like, these components don't look like they, right? This is a quality control issue. Can you see that? Right? The hair is too textured relative to the, right? Anyone? Anyone? It looks like uh, a bad Photoshop. Correct. Correct. Hey, shopping for a dude um... No, I'm showing the, that the principle applies across the board. Whereas, let's look at this one, right, from a quality control point of view. Right? Make yourself an art director. Can you see that as an art director, this, is, this looks like it wasn't just generated. It looks like it was put together, right? Can you see that? Looks clean. Right. But forget the clean part. I'm, I'm showing something else on QA now. Clean, yes, absolutely. But can, can you all see that it looks like an artist rendered this as opposed to... Right. You know, it's, you know, this is one I think maybe a lot of people have been taking this for granted with fat cats because all of ours was QA'd. But in many collections, one of uh, you've got an automatic grail when the art piece looks like it was done by an artist as opposed to generated. Right. The moment it looks generated, you fucked up. Does that make sense? Let's take another one that doesn't look generated and you'll see what I mean. Yeah, yeah let's do a fail. Okay, he has a, a one, another fail. Okay, can, can, let's pull this one. Okay, can you see that the horns are a completely different texturing to the face and the, and the, can you see that, right? This is someone, he has taken a texture off the web. Okay, not a hand-drawn texture. Can you see that, everyone? Yeah, that's straightforward. Okay. This makes it easy. Great, okay. Whereas 
when you take one like this, let me see if this is a good one. Whereas this, can you see that this doesn't look generated, right? It looks done. I mean, the jacket's a little bit too realistic in textures. Gosh, now that I analyze artifact, there's some texture problems. My goodness. It's, it's like he's taken stock things he shouldn't have done. But anyway, his eyes are very good. But let me find another one that's almost would pass my kind of QA. Yeah, this is a good example. It's a very good example. Right. Okay, can, can you see that this looks like the artist did this for you, right? Like it's not generated. Can, can you see what I mean? No. It looks cohesive. Right? Like a single hand assembled this, did the texturing and all of that. And so when you get that, plus avoiding, that's what, what I mean by looking at the overall, right? You want an overall thing where someone goes, yeah, that could be someone's PFP. That would appeal to a lot of people, right? And stuff like that. So that's what you're looking for. Now, the problem is it's subjective. It's hard. And you do have to cultivate that skill. But that is, you know, there's a lot of money to be made in that. And it, you don't only have to apply it something like Bored Ape or Clonex or something, you can apply it to any of the projects which have, you know, a long, long holders group, right? Like people that have been there for a while, uh, you know, Lazy Lines, Pudgy Penguin, you just need there to be a decent amount of volume, right? This is another cool one, you know? Again, female, but can you see that it looks like a, a done art, right? Like it looks like a commissioned piece as opposed to... Um, generated right cool okay so that's the general idea i want to open up to discussions questions if anyone wants to ask anything on that I wanted to kind of you know we can go into more detail but i just want to see where people's heads are at we can wrap jacket yeah, is awfully silent <laughs> is this a good time to ask about the customer base i know you trade with traders, but also people looking for that PFP. What's okay? Great question. So you want to, you know, in Artifact, for example, you have a traders chat. Okay. So now, what's nice about Artifact, for example, is it's not their traders chat is not um, just. Uh, just for holders, right? In mute in board API club, you can't even see the trading chat if you're not a holder. But in artifact, that's not the case. I'll show you what it looks like. And and you can by getting you know it's it's worth taking the time because by by watching what people are buying and selling and what people are paying a premium for. You can get a good idea what's going on. See? Now, if you're trading multiple collections, you're even in a better position because there's often arbitrage to be made 
between you know like like there's a there's a lot of people trading um um yuga assets proof assets doodles and clonex so a lot of the time people were like hey i really want a mutant can you take a a moonbird plus some eth and vice versa and so on right um so if you're an expert in a few of those, then there's sometimes a lot of spread to be made. Because, you know, one of the interesting things about if you can sell OTC on Artifact is Artifact and Doodles have a 5% commission, right? 5% plus 2.5, that's a lot of money. And so the moment, if you are just able to buy it OTC and then sell it for a little bit of a spread, right? Even if, you know, you're just selling it at the floor, but OTC... Uh, that that can often be 0.7 ETH or something, right? So, you know. But yes, you want to be talking in those. Also, friends, the moment if you start doing anything to do with OTC trades, you better get very comfortable with pseudo-swap and X to Y to direct sales and stuff like that because you will start to get raided by scammers. They will come for you. Does that answer you, Parker? I'll show you guys also what the mutant one looks like, for example. And I got a quick question. Which one do you think is better, pseudo-swap or the X2Y2 direct? So X2Y2 direct, of course, is ideal. Um, it's just that it's only an option when you are selling someone OTC. In other words, that's what I use now for everything when I'm selling to someone directly. But once, but if the moment there's a trade involved, I want to use pseudo-swap, right? Because I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to, you know, you, other, how else do you get them the money, right? You can use NFT Trader, which is the safest, uh, but there's quite a lot of fees involved. So NFTTrader.io is definitely something you want to be looking at. Okay. Um, you know, it might that's the one that, um, that's the one that apes, a lot of apes and Macy holders use, right? Correct. The NFT Trader? Correct. But, but Pseudoswap yes, is fantastic if you know what you're doing. Meaning if you, you should just, you know, yeah, let me show you what a, temp, what a swap looks like and then you can, yeah. Yeah, because several people have told, um, I've overheard several people saying that Pseudoswap, you have to look in because there's people that try to sell you an NFT that looks right, but the contract is wrong. Correct, but it's very so easy it's easier to, to scam moment, on Pseudoswap. Yeah, correct. The moment you know how to check, it's very easy to check. Yeah, I'll show you. Let me show you something I was doing with Franklin, for example. I'll show you the image. There you go. Okay, so let's, let's look at this, for example. So there is a normal swap. Okay. So you see, number one, that when it says ether wrapped, do you see that it says verified with, right? Okay, you no longer have to check that. There's nothing to check about that because Pseudoswap has told you that that is the correct contract for WEF. Okay? What are we looking at? I am only looking at you are looking. You're looking yeah, at... We're still on yeah, we're, yeah, no, no, no. You're looking now in the cafe text chat, friends. But actually, I'll go, actually, I'll go oh, to Pseudoswap. Right. Let me go to Pseudoswap and load a trade for you here. Let's, let's animate it live. Okay, so this is Pseudoswap's site. You have to now go to otc.pseudoswap.xyz. There you go. It's their old site. Now see, it looks, it looks shitty. It scares people the fuck away. Okay? Now, let's say someone has set up a trade for you. You go here to load swap. Okay? You put in the code of the 
you put in the code over here okay let's go to all trades all swaps now and you'll see what some of the created swaps are okay so let's pull up this one for example okay so this person is swapping a cool cat okay for 3.5 width okay here you can see that this is verified width but if you have any doubts click on this on the ether scan and it will take you and you can check that it is the correct contract okay that's number one also pseudoswap will not work if they don't have that in their account they cannot accept it okay now for the cool cat the great thing is they put both the contract and open if you click on this you'll see that it takes you to the real contract right takes you to actual cool cats okay and that's all you have to do friends okay what what people would do in a scam let me pull up a scam one yeah well actually look at the one i posted for you do you see that look in cafe text chat everyone do you see that the board ape yacht like contract ends in fir fi3d right and on the other side it's the same contract what the scammers will do is they will put they will put they'll say to you you know i'll pay I, I want your board ape or your mutant ape and i'll give you some width for my you know floor one okay they will put real width right it'll be real width yeah let me see if i can find one from trade the other day actually i think we have one actually let me pull it up second because i get these requests all the time Ah, pink ape, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Second, just need to get the cat out. These people always delete their accounts afterwards, so it's hard to <laughs> find this. But basically, the contract won't match. They'll make like a whole fake collection, and the contract won't match. So that's what you want to check. Yeah, let's see if we can all swaps. If we can find a scammy. See, the contracts match. So this is not a scammy one. But yeah, the contract will not match. That's what you're looking for. Now, setting up a pseudo swap trade, um, if you're the one setting it up, you go to menu, create swap. When I add assets, I always just do like so. I put the actual contract address for Mutant Ape or Board Ape, and I put the ID. Right? 
and then I do the same on them because then you know for sure nothing's going to go wrong, right? Because pseudo, all pseudoswap is doing is reading those contracts. So, you know, the scam is not on the pseudoswap side. It's the fact that pseudoswap is not pre-vetting like NFT trader does. Yonder, you want to add anything? Type if you can't. Um, Yonder's an expert at all of this. Um, I don't think I really have much to add. I've used both. And actually, when you mentioned uh, Studio Swap, like scaring people away, it definitely got me the first time. I was like, well, what is this shitty website? Um, yeah. But I ended up using it because NMT Trader, I think I had issues with like 1155s on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The sister or something. But I mean, what you've, I mean, what you've said, verifying the contracts is really the way to go like you can check it like whether it's checking it on OpenSea, making sure the contract is right or even just going on ether scan and then like also you can double check their wallet um yeah. yeah like triple check all that stuff um but yeah i've used both i haven't had any issues um like once i check the contracts and stuff i've definitely gotten scared a couple times but um yeah, yeah, it, it's really yeah NFT, yeah. NFT traders definitely look. If you if you're nervous, if it's the first time, if you just want to be triple sure, if it's a verified OG collection, go for it with NFT trader. The problem, the whole reason why PseudoSwap popped up in the first place was Pseudos, um NFT trader. It tends to be very slow on the maintenance side to add something. So, like for example, the first time I used PseudoSwap was actually for Creeps. Right, Creeps created a trader channel. And it took like NFT trader taken like six days to even put the collection up. And we were like, fuck this shit, man. I mean, we've got mutant, you know, we've got these shapeshifters to do now. Like, so I certainly think that, um, you know, if you, if you know the basics, pseudoswap is a-okay, but if you're at all nervous, um, yeah, NFT trader. Is fat cats even on NFT trader? I don't even know. I think I think you've all got used to pseudoswap because I don't even think Fat Cat's got on NFT Trader yet. This is what NFT Trader looks like, friends. No hub and trades. Okay, I've got no active trades. It was a deal that I did do though. See. This one plus 3.35 ETH for that one, right? And what NFT Trader does is you see they verify it. You know it's mutant because they put this collection is verified, you see? So there's no way with NFT Trader, if you can create. Can you create the trade again? <laughs> Never. I was accepted. Oh, yeah, create trade. Yeah. They're also very unhelpful in it. Well, they both needed help in. What's the, if you own which pass again? You get something for free with NFT Trader, right, um, Yonder? You don't have to pay fees if you own something of theirs. I'm actually not aware of that. 
All right, so, you, you, so for NFT trade, you have to put the person's address. So let's put, you know, yeah, let's put Fat Cat's trader wallet. There we go, that's our trader wallet. Feed. Use which and let's do mutant ape. You have to search. I wonder, let's see if fat cats. See, you don't even show up. That's the problem. You can try and add a collection, but it needs to break all the time. Yep. Now it will show what mutants I have. Let's pick this one. Seed. Select what you want to upgrade. This guy. And Now you see. And then once you confirm, then it sets up the trade and it will show in their wallet that they can go and accept it. And they will pay, you know, the, where the fees are involved is, is like a 0 0.005 fee. And also they take 3% uh, cut on the Ethereum. And I believe they remit royalties back to some of the OG collections. That's where it becomes uh, pricey. So yeah, all in all, if you, you know, if you have decent knowledge of what's going on, PseudoSwap is certainly the way to go, I find. Yeah, there we go. Thanks, Yonder. So if someone does want to go and buy that pass, uh, then you can avoid all the fees all the time. Cool. Uh, Yonder, before you came, I was talking about like trade sniping and on revealed collections. I mean, that's slightly moving away right now, right? Like there are very few hype collections. So, you know, it's not as, you know, back in the day, that's where you and I made all our money, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lot slower, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's. I find myself doing it more on established collections these days. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, you can on new stuff, but there's not. Usually, the gains are pretty small or minimal. Like, you can do it for like practice and get like some small flips, but yeah, there's not a whole lot out there. But it is a good it is a good strategy for an up and coming. So in other words, if you thought Kitaro was gonna pump or Renga was gonna pump, instead of just going for a floor one, you could have gone and tried to snipe one that was, you know, maybe mispriced and fairly rare. Or you started noticing a trend that, you know, all the women were sitting on the floor and all the samurais were being bought up, right? That is something you can look for. Uh, and and is often a very good way to kind of make a little bit extra than just volume trading on the floor.
Oh, yeah, I actually did do that with Renga. Uh, I had a couple like rarity flips, um, but then also the samurai. The samurais were selling really well, especially ones with weapons. Um, that one was a pretty fun collection. What tool do you use to snipe um, rares? Post uh, pre collect, you know, pre review or post review? What do you mean? Uh, I, use, I use fresh jobs for yeah, post review. But what do you mean post review or pre review? What do you mean? I'm sorry. I mean, like, as, as it was, so, um, like, the other day, um, Bibu Bots was revealing, but, like, not all the robots were revealed. The metadata was, you know, known, but you had to refresh metadata to visually oh, see it. yeah, yeah, that's a common problem. Yeah, for sure. Now, then you use something like NFT, you, you use something like Fresh Drops or NFT Scoring or, sorry, Fresh Drops or um, Rarity Sniper, stuff like that, yeah. All right. Thank you. But, Thank you, gentlemen. But, 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 everyone, you know, be very careful because, you know, there's this whole new rarity thing, right? Open rarity on OpenSea. And if a collection does choose to use that system, uh, you could have very different discrepancies, right? Like, for example, Mutant Ape asked for theirs to be disabled. I enabled it on Fat Cats because I don't, you know, it's like we all know OpenSea is a bully. They're just going to do it eventually for everyone, whether you want it or not but um you know certainly if you if you're doing rarity sniping and stuff just you know try and go with like you can one of the cool things with something like fresh drops is if you know how you know how OpenSea is going to look at rarity right and so you can choose that alternative setting on fresh drops right let's go and have a look um yeah i'll show you okay so you see here, this is the overlay, the Chrome overlay for fresh drops. Now, where do I do the alternative? Oh, there we go. See the alternative rankings? Okay. Now, which one would align with OpenSea? I think the... It's actually a... There's an, I don't think that's included in you. You have to update the version. Because um, there should be four in there. Okay. We added OpenSea to it. How do I update? <laughs> I think if you just go to like manage your extensions, uh, there should be an update. Or relaunching, I think also might automatically unless you have that disabled, but manage extension. And then update in the top left corner. Um, one thing interesting about Open Rarity is they are, they're tweaking their algorithm again. I don't think it's out yet, but um, anything that currently has OpenRarity enabled is already going to be kind of wrong again. Because yeah. um, now they're going to, after like backlash, they're going to start including trade count. Yeah, because um, no, they don't fucking listen. Out. I mean, Captain Bad actually told them, but they don't fucking listen. Okay, so here you go. All right, so this one only has three. Let's go and look at Fat Cats because we've enabled their stupid nonsense. Yeah, because no one wanted to adopt it, right? Like no one, no one put it on. That's where I think they they realized that was the main backlash. Like I just put it up because you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to fight with these people. So here you see, okay, look, fresh drops rarity over here is four one one zero, but OpenSea is putting the rank at three eight three six. Now if you look, you see, there's alternative rankings. You see that it can match. So if you understand how the which one is kind of going to be the open sea one 
then you can kind of make your best pick, right? Usually this tends to affect a lot less on the top 1% side of things. Usually I see that this discrepancies are often a lot less on the top 1%, except when something is very rare based on having a very low trade count. That's when it gets hairy, right? So I'll give you an example. Yeah, let's have a look at Bricktopians, for example. Because that one I remember. Remember that? They had major issues um, back in the day. It's not even going to show anymore. But yeah, they had these clean ones, right? These like four trait ones that were considered very rare. And yet they had not... Um, yeah, they had not viewed it as rare. So... Anyway, yeah, just be aware of that because it's a similar issue with like um, board ape. Um, you know, four trait ones are are considered very rare. Let's see if we can find a flaw four trait one. And yet, according to OpenSea's rarity, it's not rare. But let's see if we can find four trait. Yeah, we go. Is this a four trait or five trait? Five trait. This is what people mean, by the way, with a four trait. So they're looking for ones that are considered like really, really clean. And that's not a real rarity, right? And yet, you know, it, it is a collector's rarity, right? It's a factor that something like Fresh Drops takes into account because it's something that collectors view as important. Whereas OpenSea, when they came, you know, in like a wrecking ball, were like, doesn't make sense. Not a real rarity. It's just like, it's not really real. So, you know, and, um, you know, they just disregarded how people use, how people collect. So, let's see if we can find a proper full trade one. We'll post it an example in our... Ah, thank you. ...of, like, the difference between some of the ones that are like very highly rated versus what open already did exactly and what's hard about it by the way is you can't actually search for it you can't you can yeah you can search for it on perfect so how did you search for that okay you went to the top you were just all right very good but yeah you can't it's it's a difficult thing to search for a low trade count um, but yes, in fresh drop, they tend to show up quite high. Whereas, you know, on open seas rarity, they don't. So there you can see the alternative rankings. Good example. Because if you see, you've ranked it as rank number three, right? Is that rank number three over there? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Whereas if you look at OpenSea's ranking, it's got 7769. Now, can you see that's a huge discrepancy, right? The other places, the discrepancy is 352.74. It's still a bit of a discrepancy, but it's staying within the 1% to 5%. Whereas OpenSea is like not rare at all, right? Do you see how extreme that is, everyone? So this is the, this is the backlash they're getting. Oh, okay. Uh, any other questions?
Is that where you meet most of your spams is during that trade aspect or are they reaching out through DMs, different things like that? What do you say what? You said once you start going going to the over the counter trades, you get spammed a lot. Well, once, those... once you start listing the truth is once you start listing blue chips on OpenSea and you've got a contact address, you will get spammed. Period. Through your contact OpenSea. Yeah. So address. for example, he has mine, okay. right? So yeah, look. Uh, if you look at my account, it says you know to negotiate hit me up on Twitter or Discord. So what do you think happens? They yeah. do just that. But then they come with, hello, sir. Is there any kind of ratio between people who are trading like yourself versus customers that are looking for their PFP? Do you find that there's more of one or the other or just independently depends? Did I find what? Sorry. Do you find that most people are traders like yourself, or are there more people looking for their, you know, uh, PFP? Uh, both, both. Most people will always sell if the price is right. Um, right. Two things can be true at once. They go and get a grail, but then if the if the floor starts rising a lot and someone else, you know, they 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 might sell it. So yeah, most people will accept. There's very few. Uh, you know, journey crypto type people in the space, right? Where they don't even do, you know, won't even do anything. But yet, when when people are buying on the floor ones, right? Like floor ones, they 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 often they often do more trading. Awesome. Okay, anyone else? Um, for anyone who hasn't listened to it yet, by the way, I really encourage you to check out Giancarlo's video about the Yuga Lab discussion yesterday. Turns out Brett is on a flight, apparently. So now they're trying to reach Koshin and Vento for Devil's Advocate. But yes, everyone give that a listen because um, this whole, the SEC is just getting ramped up. But at the same time, thankfully, they picked, they probably picked the, the best person for us as an NFT space to go after because uh, Yuga Labs, uh, God, they, they've got a lot of lawyers on payroll. And even more than them, Anamoka has been waiting for, you know, one of the companies they've bought in to come under fire for a while. So 
you know, Gary Gens is clearly just trying to, you know, make a name for himself. I mean, his staff got very upset about the whole Kim Kardashian thing because he turned it into a whole press release. And I, I don't know. I, I really am supporting the theory that he's trying to become the next Treasury Secretary. It makes sense if you look at his career. He's, you know, very hungry. But um, either way, um, there's been no specific charges levied at all. Uh, this is just like what they did to Coinbase. You know, we're putting you under attention. Which, you know, if you all haven't seen yet, the Coinbase um, CEO put out a long post, I think a few months back, where he said, you know, it's, isn't it terrible that we've been trying to speak to you and come to kind of an understanding for four years, right? We wanted to be within, within the law. And instead of working with us and telling us guidelines, you ignored us. And now that we are so big that you're feeling threatened, uh, you, you land us with your scare tactics, you know, court cases and stuff like that. So uh, the SEC, you know, for all of those like Frank the Gods are posting, you know, it's great that regulation, two things can be true at once, okay? Regulation in the space is not the end of the world. Uh, and the SEC and US government and a few other governments are being very badly behaved and immature and this, you know, basically ignored us for six years and now suddenly that they're scared about their paper money, monopoly, Ponzi scheme going to shit, suddenly they're all up in our faces. So I, for one, am going to fight. I mean, I'm moving to a island on purpose, which has very good legislation in this regard. But, um, you know, it. For all of you who are in crypto, you know, certainly don't overly panic, um, you know, kind of ground into these things. That said, when it comes to coins and rumors, even more than NFTs, uh, we tend to see big movements and there's, you know, a lot of money to be made over there and a lot of kind of trouble to be had as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm not that concerned for Bored Ape, Mutant Ape and other side deeds, but I would trade very lightly, for example, uh, with ApeCoin because that's not just people who believe in the board ape ecosystem that's all the coin traders so do trade lightly friends Oh well, doesn't seem like we can find Brett or anything, but I'm going to stop the recording on this class we did. So stop recording.